3: what is up my friends how is everybody doing what a day what a week i hope you all out there having a wonderful little start to your week uh this is the mma fighting ranking show my name is sean ashadi i am joined by my co-captain on this venture you know him he is the prince of positivity he is the king of the north he is alexander k lee AK. my man the fights they're back we're back. First pay-per-view of the year. It's in the books. We've got the whole year ahead. you just love to see it. How are you feeling today, buddy? Yeah,
4: look, the fights are back. The rankings are And the most important thing is the rankings are back. The discussions are back. We did do a show. This is not technically our first show of the new year. We did do a, the traditional airing of grievances. All the bad blood has been cleared out i think i i don't know if we will butt heads over anything frankly for the rest of the year i think that was the last airing of grievances we'll ever need to do i think we're all getting along now going forward and uh every show going going ahead including today i'm sure will be will be controversy free
3: exactly we're all one big happy family again now let's uh let's ruin it a bit yeah uh but first before we get into it let's bring in the rest of the gang for today uh the brains joining us on this panel this month first the legal eagle himself he is the co-host of no bets Bard, and damn they were good apparently he's the woody page of mma fighting too uh this is news to me but i'm here for it he is your friend and mine mr jed
5: mishu what's going on jed i'm so excited about this uh i i got some problems with you people Uh, Not you, Damon, not to bury the lead, but some other people on this podcast aren't letting me live my best life, and I can't wait to talk about that because they're they're oppressing me, listeners. They are oppressing me from all the best things, so get ready. Buckle up. What a tease. What a tease.
3: Uh, And of course, the other half of this podcast, or the panel, I should say, my guy, he is the OG. He is the host of Fighter versus Writer. And he's probably riding pretty high right now after another big Cincinnati Bengals win. It's Damon Martin. What's going on, man?
6: There's only one true number one on this entire podcast, and that is Joe Burrow. He is number one in the world. And before I go any further, let me just go ahead and say, who they, who they, who they think will beat them Bengals? It wasn't the Bills. All right, I'm done. <laughs> you feeling confident? You feeling confident going into the KC? I am feeling pretty good. We're three and zero against Kansas City, and it looks like we're going to be facing a banged up Patrick Mahomes. Which, to be clear, I'd actually rather face a one hundred percent Patrick Mahomes because that way there's no excuses. But yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. What? That's the. What you really I think you should. That seems That's crazy. So, yeah. I am
4: like, I, as people will know. And listen, I'm wearing the tw- people can't see. I'm wearing the 2019 Raptors uh, NBA Championship T-shirt right now as we record. Uh, I want my opposition as banged up as humanly possible. <laughs> I don't care. I do not care. Kevin Durant was in- is injured. Yeah. I don't care. Clay Thompson, glad he's back now. Okay. Back in 2019 got hurt pretty bad. I don't care. Whatever results in my team winning, that is Correct. the that is
6: what okay. I want. <laughs> Okay, right. let, me, let me be clear. For
5: Chad Henne, <laughs> you me, should me, be hoping for Chad Henne, David. Let me
6: be clear. Let me be clear. I'm taking the high road right now, but if Sunday <laughs> comes around and Chad Henne starts, I will be dancing in my living room. Trust me. So. Yes.
5: Yes. <laughs> oh no, man. Henny put together a 98-yard or Tutty drive. So <laughs> watch against, out
6: against the Jaguars. Just saying.
3: Henny's like a Michigan guy too, right?
6: That makes me hate him so. even more.
5: Ooh, oh, that's <laughs> true. There's like
3: levels to this from Mr. Ohio State over here too. Yeah, I yeah and kind of Michigan's
5: never won a big game in their life, so you should really, really want him <laughs> to be the quarterback. It, failure is in that man's blood.
6: <laughs> Good times. Good times. See, this is how. I, this is why I like this podcast so much.
5: So we
3: mentioned the cycle. Uh, It was pretty busy. I mean, it was three UFC events. You also actually have to throw in the Bellator versus Ryzen show in there as well. But of course, the big one is the one we just came off of, the one we just finished, UFC 283. And I would say the biggest story coming out of that, of course, was the light heavyweight division. And what the hell do you do with the light heavyweight division, frankly? Um, this This started our week off in a really interesting place because, AK, you put out our ranking shakeup Piece for the website on Monday. And that is just sort of the one-off, here's this one division, here's where we think things stand. And you pose the question in the headline. Jamal Hill is a UFC champion. Does that make him MMA's number one light heavyweight? Uh, spoiler, the answer for us was no. Jamal Hill jumped up to from number 10 to number four. But the response to this, people were not happy with you, AK. Um, I was just rifling through some of the comments uh on twitter and on the website uh there's there's a lot of vitriol out there i mean you have here's one there's a champion and his name is jamal hill he's the number one light heavyweight and i have showed his true colors against blackowitz i don't know what that means really uh you have others saying obviously jamal hill is like the, the, the number one yes yes and most don't like it but it's true if not change the title of champion if you have the belt you are obviously at the top of the division dudes earned it all of these things, someone saying this is the strangest thing I've seen in MMA when it comes to how people react to a champion. Literally, someone argued to not call him a champ. What's going on? I'll just start here, fellas, and I'll throw it to anybody. I mean, did we handle this right? Jamal Hill at number four, and for context, above him are Yuri Prohashka, former champ, Vadim Nemkov, Bellator champ, and Magomed and Kalaev at number three. Did we yes. handle this right?
5: Yes, this isn't close. Screw those people. If you're one of those people, take a deep look inward. Because we didn't, we're not calling him not the champ. He is definitively the champ. He is the man who owns the I the undisputed is not the right word, but it is the name of the title. He that is his. Not one of us are saying he is not the champion. We are saying he is not the number one light heavyweight in the world. That shouldn't be controversial. If you believe that he is, that's fine. We're not saying that like You're a thousand percent wrong. None of us believe that. And we shouldn't. I had Jamal Hill ranked 14 before beating Glover Teixeira. Full credit to that man. He beat the pants off (laughs) off Glover Teixeira. That was not a close fight and showed something. He leveled up. Good for him. Maybe he is the best light heavyweight in the world, but the proof of concept isn't out there. Realistically, Yuri won the belt. He will be my number one until he comes back and loses the belt. Vadim Nimkov has delivered exceptional performances against top dudes. Both of those two, well, I guess not Nimkov, but Yiri finished Glover, a younger, probably more durable Glover if we want to go that route. Uh, and Vadim Nimkov just beat Corey Anderson, who whipped Glover's ass. So it's there's nothing wrong with putting those dudes in front of him. And I've been standing Magma and Ankalaya forever. Uh he didn't lose to Jan. I thought he beat Jan. I know it, it ended in a draw or whatever. But if you want to put Hill above either any of those men, it's not all the way wrong. I think putting him above Yuri is close to wrong. But you're you're just on some real drinking the UFC Kool-Aid if you're like upset by this.
6: Listen, I think I think Jamal Hill deserves credit for what he's done lately you know his win streak is good you know taking out tiago santos for whatever is left of tiago santos uh you know taking out and just absolutely again beating the brakes off of glover to very impressive but do we forget four fights ago he got knocked out by paul craig in like two minutes i mean that's not saying that he can't come back from that but we can't erase the fact that it happened and he didn't even get knocked
3: out he got his arm like snapped in half basically
6: yeah so i mean you know, he, I mean, listen, I think, I think I ranked him number two and even that I was struggling with because I was like, do I really want to put him above ankle live? And the only reason I did was because of how dominantly he beat Glover. And that's it. Like, again, I can't put him above Yuri. yuri has got a better resume. Yuri's on a longer winning streak. Yuri has fought better opposition at the time he fought them. I mean, when he fought Dominic Reyes, you know, we thought Dominic Reyes was still potentially one of the best guys in the world. Of course, you know, maybe that's different now. He's had so much damage taken, but um, yeah, Yuri's on a much longer streak. He has a better overall resume. Uh, he's number one. Um, and again, I struggle with whether or not I should put Jamal at number two or number three, because I have so much respect for Ankalaev. And I think in a lot of ways, Ankolaev to me is probably closer to Yuri in terms of talent and competition. But again, he also has a loss to Paul Craig very early in his UFC career. And he's rattled off like 12 wins in a row after that. But um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't understand the argument for number one. Again, it's what Jed said to back up uh, the great Georgia bulldog over there. uh, If you're just putting him number one, because he's UFC champion, then you're just, you're just a stand for the UFC. You're not a stand for who is actually the best guy in the world, because just because you hold a UFC title doesn't necessarily make you the best in the world.
5: Especially because this is such a fake UFC belt.
3: It is. It's potentially the fakest. It's potentially the fakest UFC belt we have had since like Nico Montana.
4: Yeah. That's not interim, right? Like belts, listen, belts are props. We say this all the time. Belts are props used by promotions for marketing. In the case of the UFC, not just the UFC, a lot of major promotions, they're used to control the fighter. They are, there's, you know, they give you certain, there's clauses in their contract that if you are a champion holding a title, the promotion has some degree of control over you. We just saw this play out with Francis Ngannou. Um, In the best case scenario, they serve as the culmination of seeing a great, great fighter climb to the top and win the title and and solidify that they are the best in their division. We've seen that happen before. It's great when that happens. This is not that. Uh, It it was a a great performance by Jamal Hill. He's on he's on a good run. Ever we've we've always talked about him as a future title contender. so, so it wasn't like shocking to see him to see UFC gold around his waist. It's just the circumstances under which it has actually happened are are less than ideal. If we're having a discussion of, oh well, does this make him the number one light heavyweight in the world? It's it's a silly thing. Um, y- you have to have a body of work. I feel you could even go back like Conor McGregor was Conor McGregor the number one lightweight when he beat Eddie Alvarez. This guy did he ha- did Conor fought once at lightweight in the UFC, right? That was it, right? That was just the Eddie Alvarez fight. Right, everything else just the Eddie. Won't fight. Won't everything else, the Diaz stuff is the, the one thing Connor could claim was he beat the lineal champion at the very least. Connor could say I at least I beat the guy. I beat the guy who beat the guy who beat the guy who beat the guy. So that's the one thing. If you want to say Connor was literally the number one 155 back then, you could. So Jamal Hill doesn't even have that. He's not the lineal champion. He wasn't in a title fight as of two months ago. He was supposed to fight Anthony Smith. And then now he gets thrown this opportunity again, puts on great five round performance. Uh, uh, no question, no controversy. Beats one of the top three light heavyweights in the world. Uh, but to say it makes him number one is just is is just so bizarre. With Yuri, even Yuri vacating the title was sort of a bizarre thing, given how we know the UFC loves making interim titles. So if Yuri had wanted to squat on that title, he could have. It's only through his uh, you know very uncommon decision to vacate that we are calling Jamal the quote unquote undisputed champion um so it's it it, it, it goes to show, uh shaheen the comments you're reading before were those from our website or from twitter both both, both yeah, yeah. I, I also saw some of those and it, and it just goes to show you how powerful the ufc marketing machine is how uh again how how how, how well it's established brand and what the belt is supposed to mean and also frankly just how myopic some fans are that they just see guy has ufc belt he's number one he's the best this even though they know very well this was the third this fight this title fight was the third choice for the ufc somehow just because he has the belt that makes him number one in the world that ufc train is is very very strong uh and and uh, i guess i shouldn't be surprised but i'm a little surprised and still a little disappointed that that fans can't be more open-minded over who is actually mma's number one light heavyweight <laughs>
5: My thing, I mean, I have a lot of things and I don't want to get too bogged down in this realistically, but maybe the the two parties in this example I'm about to give are different, but given the context and the fact that both of these arguments are made by mouth-breathing lunatics, uh, I I assume that they're overlapping groups, that their Venn diagram is a circle. Do y'all remember how much shit Daniel Cormier got for being a paper champion when they stripped John Jones? for like a pretty valid reason to strip a champion and nobody gave DC credit for being the real champion. But now your third pick to fight for a belt from a champion who fought in July and is going to fight again this summer. And you just took the title from him for whatever reason. Like now this dude is undeniably the best. Come on people. Like just don't be those people. You don't have to, you don't have to be upset by this. You just don't have to be upset by it.
3: I would submit in that circumstance to DC had a far far better resume yes. than Jamal Hill currently does right now. Like it's not even comparable.
6: Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. And there's a listen. There's a world where Jamal Hill could earn that spot because Yuri keeps saying he's going to be oh, yeah. back sooner than later. But if he's out, you know, for a year and and Jamal goes out there and beats. You know, beats Magomed and Goliath or beats you know, Jan Blachowicz or beats another one, to, you know, then he can potentially get there. But right now, he just doesn't have the overall resume uh, compared to Yuri, and that's not a knock on Jamal Hill. It's a compliment to Yuri Prohoshka what he did. And Yuri, Yuri's been out at this point. Yuri's been out for six months. It's not like Yuri's been out for 18 months or two years. He, he's been out for six months, yeah. yes. Realistically, he may not fight again for another six to eight months. But again, you can't punish the guy because th- th- that's one of my issues with all the interim title talk, all the stupid stuff that comes along with that when they start of interim champions after six months. It's like, hold on, now, how long do you actually give this guy or girl to actually get ready to come back and fight again? It's ridiculous. So Yuri has been out for six months right now, or seven months, I guess, technically, so it was June, his last fight. Um, and during that time, Jamal Hill picked up a, a big win. You know, I think Magomed and should have won, but it is what it is. Um, these guys all have a chance to fight each other and earn the number one spot. Just nobody's done that yet.
3: Well, so a couple of things, right? I, to me, going back and looking at this, like AK, what you said up, off the top of the adherence to the UFC structure and the way that sort of this is just ingrained in the culture of MMA, right? Like the UFC has done an incredible job of branding their champion as that's the best in the world at this given division. I think that's actually why it's significant to have independent rankings like these right, to sort of be able to cut through that in situations where it's needed because i'll tell you what next month uh when if john jones wins or cyril gone wins we're gonna start hearing people say that cyril gone's the number one he- heavyweight in the world and we all know that that's actually not the case like that's something that is just in the culture and it permeates yeah. throughout mma and it's just it's it wasn't surprising to see the reaction but to see the i guess i, I expected more of a counterbalance to what jed said of like the DC paper champ stuff was everywhere forever. And I expect to see a little bit more of that, I guess, in people backing you.
5: And it just hasn't been.
3: I haven't seen it to that degree, which is surprising to me a little bit. I will say though, to counter this, I went back and watched, rewatched that main event. Um, afterwards, on Sunday. And I think, you know, in the moment, Jed and I, you, you, both you and I were on the post-show and we were sort of reacting in the moment. And I think it was a lot of shock and surprise at sort of how this all played out and just kind of trying to make sense of it in the moment. I think it's fair to say that all of us, in particular, probably you, I, and maybe a couple others of of us on the panel, significantly like underrated Jamal
5: Hill and his potential. I a thousand percent who, disagree with this. I went back and rewatched it. He just looked so, like, watch any of his other fights and then that one. He, so he just took a leap so much better. He very like, much took he, a leap, yes. He was amazing on Saturday, and I will never take that away. That was as close to perfect as ever. But if you watch the rest of his career, none of that comports to what the hell happened on Saturday. He took 100%. a big leap.
3: 100%. And maybe now this is just who he is. And I think that's a potentially valid way for this to go could right be. but also also though he was fighting a shopworn 43 year old Glover share who just came off taking in in calculable amount of damage against yuri prohaska not too long ago but whatever like i'm not going to take away
5: anything from this dude that we've seen said- this performance before cody garbrandt took a motherfucking leap when he fought dominant cruz and how did that work out for him afterwards like <laughs> it could go either way with jamal hill i have no idea i'm not willing to say he's not that's why i have him ranked in the top five yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. you know, what it is. <laughs> For transparency's sake, I currently have Jamal Hill at five. I have Corey
3: Anderson above him, Mago I have Vadim Nemkov, and Yara Prohaska. However, I will say, because I know that there is somebody right now at home listening to this who is screaming at us internally, there is a counter to all of this. So I will just play devil's advocate really quickly. Because if you look, At Yuri Prohaska's UFC resume, we keep saying, you know, Jamal Hill doesn't have the resume that Yuri does. I don't know that that's actually the case. I think we all just like Yuri, and he's just a very exciting and interesting man, and people just generally enjoy him. Because if you look at his UFC resume, it's a knockout over Vulcan Ozdemir, a knockout over Dominic Reyes, and beating Glover. That's it. You could, if you want to look even farther back, you have the Nemcoff win. That was 2015. How much do we have to take that in stock? You look at Jamal Hills' UFC resume, it's Jimmy Crute, Johnny Walker, Tiago Santos, Glover. Those are actually ridiculously comparable resumes. And so I, yeah. is it fair to if for that person who's at home screaming, you guys don't know what you're talking
5: about? Is that a fair counter to all of this? No. <laughs> I just like, uh, my argument is not based that his resume isn't there. it though that is tangential to the argument. If his resume was undeniable, then it's undeniable. His resume is not undeniable because frankly, nobody at Light heavyweights is. And so then you're looking at who got the belt from who in a lineal fashion, who deserves it, or whatever. And I'm not willing to dock yuri because if Glover had won, I don't think a soul alive would argue that he was better than Yuri. They fought. We saw what happened. One of the best fights of all time. Glover was going to win, and then he didn't. And results do matter when there are results. That's why even my lunatic ass and the way I rank people, I don't just go like if if a fight happens, I respect that it happened, even if I think that it would go differently or whatever. Like, and that that's the part that's really killed me. If Glover won that, nobody would be on this this train of. Well, Clover's the number one, but because for whatever reason, I really don't know because I, I don't think Jamal Hill's like that compelling. It certainly didn't seem that way, but people are on his on his team right now, and good for him if he can turn that into a fan base and become like a star and profitable, and he might be able to beat Erie. Like if if who he was on Saturday is who he is forever now, he's got a damn good shot against anybody that fights at two hundred five, but. I saw one great performance over one very good dude, and I, I moved him up accordingly because he he beat the guy that I had number four in the rankings or whatever. So that's what he gets.
4: I, I also just want to say, I think Volkan and Dominic Reyes at the time, at least how he was perceived when Yuri beat him, are better wins than Thiago Santos, Johnny Walker, and uh jimmy crew not like not like leagues better like oh it's not even close but like that to me is part of what gives yuri the edge as, as those wins i think were perceived as better at the time than um than uh, jamal hills wins
6: and i and i would wager not this is not like taking a shot at any of our panelists but i think in just through history like where jed you like to you 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 do a bit of feelings in your rankings like you know you oh, don't necessarily so many it's not, oh, yeah. he's a big um, feelings
3: guy he's a big vibe i guy. would say I'm, I'm i Obama would say vibes. I'm,
6: yeah, I would say I'm probably the most results-oriented ranker. Is that fair to say? Like, I tend to, you no, know, rank based. No,
5: a- a- AK is
6: okay. So I'm behind. AK. I think there's a there's a healthy myself amount. And you, and you, Morocco, Steven, and AK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, and Steven, okay. So, yeah, so us, well, yeah. uh, us three, we're we're very results based. Okay, so but even in that regard. Um, again results matter four fights ago he lost to Johnny Walker or excuse me to uh, to uh, Paul Craig Paul I mean Craig, that yeah. doesn't get that doesn't get a race just because he had four great he did He had four quality wins the Johnny Walker win looks better now the Johnny Walker's on a two-fight win streak but again Tiago Santos what's that dude got left at this point I mean I look I, I feel terrible Bad
5: enough to win a three-round fight all I'm saying that was a yeah. three-round fight Tiago Santos is the victor
6: yeah so I mean you know he beat a he beat a Tiago Santos who isn't quite the Tiago Santos that he was a few years ago. Um, you know, he beat Jimmy Crute. Uh Jimmy Crute is a decent prospect, not really a top 15 guy, though. Um, and again, you know, that's not I'm not trying to discredit him. I'm just saying when you compare that resume to Yuri Perhoshka, it's just hard to stack them up. And again, I felt Anim, I felt like like really, I felt like should I put him above Ankalaya? I struggle with that decision. And as we're talking about, it, I'm like, you know what? I kind of might regret that discussion. So we're talking about it right now because that's how close it is. But not number one, two, three, four. I think those are all valid rankings. Number one can't go. That's a bridge too far.
4: Oh, the other thing about Jamal is everyone he beat, those three names you beat, they were all coming off of losses. Not that that's like the worst thing in the world, but they were all <laughs> coming off of look- losses.
5: Jimmy Crew was, Crue was Jimmy coming Crue off a loss. Coming?
4: Johnny Walker was coming off a loss. Diego Santos was coming off a loss.
5: Clover's coming know. off a no, loss. I think <laughs> <Glover's> <laughs> that's right. a
4: loss as well. To throw out there. Uh, what was, uh, was OSP at, at least, coming off a loss? At least, least Volkan was coming off a win when he when, uh, Yuri beat is him. Is OSP and coming also, off a loss? I don't no, know. And OSP,
5: also, if we count, okay. count
4: pre UFC fights, which we do, which it does factor into our rankings, I would think, uh, then it's not even, I don't think it's close. I don't think it's very close.
5: Also, just
3: for transparency's sake for the audience, uh, this might be like AK's spiciest ranking I've ever seen yeah. him do in I'm like a year and, and a half do this because, like, <laughs> I'm ready to talk. Right. About it. Man, you, you go ahead, I'll give the floor to you. Like, you have him at yeah. number eight, yeah. which was by far the lowest <laughs> of yeah. anybody on the website. So I'll just give you a minute here. Uh, I jumped what? him up from
4: 14 to eight. So six spots. Pretty sizable, John. I respect maybe, you so may, much right maybe now. Maybe not like as sizable today. as you would want for someone who is now holding the uh, in a quote unquote undisputed title in the number one promotion in the world. First of all, disclaimer: I talked about this on to the next one. Probably, I'm probably be saying this, but every time I bring up Jamal Hill and have to talk about him, it, it, uh, his his behavior, it listen, it factored into my ranking. I, I will fully admit there's there is now a personal bias. I I hated his reaction to the Dana White uh, at uh, you know the New Year's Eve incident. Dana White slapping his wife. Everyone doesn't know. Jamal Hill, you know, went on social media and just vehemently defended uh, a man's right to strike a woman. If, if, if a woman strikes them, he's like, oh, it's it's fair game. Um, and listen, I'm not going to go into a whole political thing about this. I, I don't know how people – I am – staunchly against uh, just let's just lay that out there i think we all are uh there's a lot of factors why a man should never hit a woman um I'm, screw all those hypotheticals people throw out, oh what if a woman's coming to the knife or she's she, she's like she, someone someone sent me like what if a woman's like murdering your dog would you punch her that i'm like <laughs> these are such insane specific scenarios you have to come up with to justify this just think about that anyway uh so jamal hill's whole stance on that Again, none of these tweets deleted. I won't go over it. People, you can go and see his reaction. Just atrocious, horrible, horrible things to say about the topic of domestic violence. Uh, so I admit I, I'm somewhat compromised when it comes to ranking Jamal. Now, now again, I'll say I have him behind at eight. You're right. Uh, Phil Davis, Alexander Rakic, Corey Anderson. Those are the, the three directly ahead of him. And, and I still feel comfortable putting them there. If we're just talking objectively. I'm being very unfair to Jamal Hill, uh, objectively speaking, because if Glover hadn't retired... At worst, I would have bumped Glover down to maybe five, and then and then Jamal Hill would have just leapfrogged over him. So the fact that I have the luxury of being able to remove Glover from the rankings because um, he retired, it doesn't look as funny. I, like It doesn't look as funny as odd as it would be because I wasn't going to drop Glover below Rockage. I wasn't going to drop him below. So there's a bunch of circumstances that are going into me putting him at eight. I'll also add in sort of the Jed Machew thing of like who do I think how do I think these fights would go? I like Phil Davis's chances against Jamal Hill. I like Alexander Rockage's chances against Jamal Hill. I like Corey. All three of those guys. No, none of those guys I would I would say is like, oh, Jamal Hill clearly beats those guys. I I so I will defend it in that way as well, but I will fully admit there is a personal bias I have against him. So if anyone wants to discredit my ranking of Jamal Hill based on that, that's yeah. perfectly fine. I, I I totally accept that. Um, but I also think that I need to see more. I I also don't think his resume really is that strong. This was such a unique circumstance under which he got this title shot, and he's got a strong body of work. As I said, he could be number one by the end of the year, depending if he gets a fight with Prohaska, gets a fight with Blachovic, gets a fight with Ankalaya. Beats any of those guys, shooting right up, All right, because he looked fantastic in the cage on Saturday. That's one of the best challenger performances I've seen in a long time. It was awesome. But again, personal factors, how I think he'd fare against the guys I have ahead of him. And uh, I just need to see a little bit more of that resume. But he's well on his way. I have no problem with the consensus number four ranking. Just personally for me, hasn't done enough to jump all the way from 14 to top five. Not enough for me.
6: But AK, here's a question. What mm-hmm. would you do if your wife was bitten by the cordyceps infection <laughs> yeah. and turned uh-huh. into one of The Last of Us? What would you do okay. then, AK? I mean, and, and what and would that, you do and, then? And, and, you
4: know, again, in that case, it's fair game. You know what? Jamal Hill was right. <laughs> Jamal Hill was right. I, uh,
3: <laughs> By the way, The Last of Us is tremendous. I have really, really enjoyed this so far. Like, I'm a big fan of the games, and they have nailed it. Uh, last thing on this, and then we'll move on, because we have a lot of other stuff to hit tonight, uh, today. Very weird situation as you said AK. I mean this is maybe the one most bizarre division I can remember seeing in in quite a while. What's just bad. one just one word answer. What's the next step? Who's the, who's the next guy you're throwing in for Jamal Hill right now if they're booking if you're booking this division because it does seem like Yuri's probably he even he said today on uh, a Monday on the MMA hour like just keep it moving without me I'll come back when I can. Uh what's the move? You got Anthony Smith, you got man Ankolaev, you got Jan Blachowicz. Those seem to be the main three. Where are you going? Uh,
4: I'd like to see the Ankolaev, Like first of all, that get run back first, and then Jamal Hill fight one of them. It, it, assuming, if Yuri is ready to come back, he's obviously the number one choice. If he needs to take more time, I know he keeps saying he's going to come back as soon as possible, as soon as possible. If that's not possible, I don't know why they haven't already got the gears in motion for for Jan and Ankolaev too, but I say book that. And then whoever wins, there's your there's your number one contender for uh, for Jamal Hill.
6: Jamal Hill versus Man Ankalaev. Do it now yeah. because if you run back Ankalaev, Blahovitch, you're delaying things by another six months, and mm-hmm. then by then you're running into the confusion of Yuri coming back. Just book Ankalaev. Most people believe he won. Let him fight Jamal Hill and keep the division moving. And maybe by the time that one's passed, we can get Yuri back in there.
5: Yeah, it's Uh That's like the reasonable one. I think you just do that. Blahovich can fight Anthony Smith uh, and for the next, next in line, assuming Yuri comes back. Because the other part of Yuri, like his timeline is, timeline's get fucked up. He could re-injure himself at some point. Knock on wood, don't want that to happen, but you can't just bank on him coming back in August. So Ankalaev's the dude, put him in there. Unless, unless we want to have some fun with Jailton Almeida, Straight to the oh, top, baby. Yes. Immediate title yes. shot. Thank I would, you, Chad. I would, accept Jailton, language, you, Chad. I, would, I would accept Jailton Almeida or frankly, as dumb and ridiculous as this would be, Alex Pereira. Either of those two men, <laughs> if they booked it tomorrow, you will not hear me say that it's bad. I will say that it's surprising and not deserved in any regard, but that it's awesome and that I can't wait to give them $85 or whatever the cost of pay-per-views is now. <laughs>
4: he gave him a look you guys saw that going around people zoomed in the lucky gave he gave Jamal Hill a little look during the post fight kind of handshakes team handshakes he gave he gave me a little look
5: that's it you can build a whole promo mm.
3: around that one look mm. oh my god can you imagine Glover's protege middleweight champ can you imagine Alex Pereira Alex being Pereira double Pereira champion? two
5: division champion <laughs> two years ago nobody in MMA knew this dude <laughs>
3: In like Got his it. fifth UFC fight, which would be hilarious, it would roll oh. In like his seventh MMA fight or something. And by the <laughs>
4: way, if, if that uh, happened, I'm not putting Alex Freda in the top five either. I'll tell you the, the light heavyweight. Either. He will get. Th- that's how people will know I'm being fair. If he be, if he wins the title from Travall Hill, he'll, he'll be like number <laughs> six. I won't put him in the top five. Come Here's on, what am I doing?
3: That That's how people know I'm being fair, <laughs> says the guy who just talked for five minutes about, about how blatantly unfair he's being. Oh, no, anyway. I'm just getting ahead of the. I'm getting ahead of the criticism. That's all.
5: <laughs> AK, I'm with you, but Pereira would be my number one pound for pound fighter. So it would oh, be okay. a true. wonderful dichotomy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> just to close this circle, I'm actually going to go a different direction than all y'all. I actually kind of like the Anthony Smith conversation now. That wasn't something I was thinking about on Saturday when we were doing the post-show. I was Obviously, hearing the guys on the MMR discuss it, and I actually kind of don't hate
5: it. Here's the problem. Win. If Smith wins, I'm going to rank him like 10. So then we're going <sighs> to have- what this this more. That's what this Andy division Smith is. is so,
3: That's
5: what I'm this division like
3: is, man. That's what this division is. The UFC created this monster. They got to deal with it.
6: Anthony's got, I love Anthony, but he's got to get a win before he gets a title shot. I mean, he what just lost you- to Ankalaev and yeah, <laughs> you got to get a win there. Give him Blahovich. I like the idea of him and Blahovic, Ankoliyev, Jamal Hill, and wait for Yuri to come back. What will you guys do
4: if Anthony Smith beats Jamal Hill and well Romero beats Vadim Nemo? Oh, is that fight still happening?
3: No that's, no. No, no, that's not
4: happening. Okay. Nemkov has a new opponent.
5: AK, if Yoel Romero wins a single fight over a ranked person, he's number one in oh my,
6: my, gosh. Heart. my rankings. Oh oh Nemkov wasn't ready for February 4th. You know, He just fought okay. like two months ago and they just, okay. they just randomly announced this fight as he's standing in the cage after a <laughs> oh, yeah. five-round fight with Corey Anderson. Like, uh, what? I'm fighting Yoel Romero in like two months? Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for asking, guys.
3: <laughs> oh, man.
6: Well, let's move
3: on uh, from one big piece of UFC 283 to the other. And then that is, of course, the flyweights. Fellas, we finally have some sort of uh, consensus around this flyweight division. We finally have some resolution with Do this we? series that has basically taken up uh, not past, sure we have like, consensus. year and a half. I guess I mean in the UFC sense, not in a broader sense. Gotcha. But in the UFC sense, there is a consensus champion, this series that has taken up a year and a half, if not mo- longer, uh, it's finally over. Brandon Moreno wins it. 2-1-1 is how that series goes with David Figueredo. And actually, we have a new number one on our website as well. Brandon Moreno taking that top spot from Demetrius Johnson. Mighty Mouse no longer. Uh, the way it, the voting actually played out was split. You had four-piece for each man. Uh, but Brandon takes the top spot on points. Jed, is this the right move?
5: That's fine. Um, it's the right move, in that we'll have fewer people yelling at us in the comments about uh, having a non-UFC champion be the number one fighter in the world, I guess. Uh, for transparency, I have Moreno number two. I have DJ as my number one. I know we're split down on that. I don't have any issues with put Moreno. Uh, for me, it's if you're going like overall career resume, DJ certainly has a better one, but if you're talking recent history, certainly the way that shakes out moreno just has a better one i think i personally believe he has beaten figgy three times now um though i thought he lost the first one so there you go uh but yeah i think he's gonna hold i've been on record a lot so we don't need to dig into this i think moreno is the best flyweight in the world that's not demetrius johnson he's gonna hold this belt for some time and build a real legacy the talk about him being you know the second greatest flyweight ever or whatever i think that is wholly unearned at this point but dude, who's a having
3: that conversation a ton you're of
5: people, it? oh, the that they were like Figgy Moreno are two and three in the flyweight conversation behind DJ. Oh. That was definitely a thing coming into 283. Just that's, just
3: just yeah, that's just, right. just recency it's, bias. Come on yeah, me.
5: that's how the, the UFC forgets anything that hasn't happened within the last three months. <laughs> um, or if you're some people, they forget anything that hasn't happened in the last three weeks. So, you know, <laughs> moving on. If you have Moreno number one, that's fine um, because he'll have the opportunity to continue beating top talent. Whereas DJ is going to fight Adrian Ronald Marais again. And then, then that's really the extent of it. But as big a fan as I am Moreno, you guys know my policy who I think would win in a fight. That's like the main guiding principle. And I feel as confident as ever that Demetrius Johnson would beat Brandon Moreno as good as Moreno looked on Saturday. I still just feel really good about DJ's chances in that matchup. So Johnson's going to hold the top spot for me, at least for a little while.
6: Here's the thing about this division and any division where a non usc champion is near the top. The problem they're going to continue having is lack of top competition over time. I put Brandon Moreno number one because he beat Devis and Figueredo, who I think I had number three or four. That's a big win, and that leapfrogged him. Now, I will say, if Demetrius Johnson, if we're going to still rank Demetrius Johnson as a flyweight, I won't get on my soapbox about why I don't want him as a flyweight, but that's neither here nor there for now. If we're going to rank him as a flyweight, and he goes out and beats Adriana Maria's a second time in May, I'll probably put Demetrius back at number one again. And then he's kind of reached the ceiling because there's not really going to be other matchups for him in one championship that are going to allow him to stay there while Brandon Moreno is potentially fighting Alexander Pantoja or Manel Cop or Mateus Nicolau, guys who are also in that top five, six, top six range. It's the same problem over a long term that Francis Ngannou is going to run into. Francis Ngannou is clearly the number one heavyweight in the world. He'll remain that way for a while, but if John Jones goes out there and washes Cyril gone, which I truly believe is what's going to happen. It is going to get ugly in a hurry, and I don't see that fight making it very far. Oh, man. Ooh, uh, I, I would love to take a side bet. I would Can love to take a side bet with you that. on <laughs> uh, So, John we'll, Jones, discuss we'll discuss yeah, off air. We'll discuss off air, but I want in on a side bet on John this. John Jones beats cyril Gone. That puts him in the conversation because he's already had such a legacy of light heavyweight, and he just beat one of the top, you know, top uh heavyweights. But if he goes out there and does that and then does the same thing to Sergey Pavlovich, does the same thing to uh, you know, one of the other top guys in the division, then, you know, John's gonna make that argument. And and the problem is Francis beating Ante Delija or whoever else he's gonna fight outside the UFC is not going to keep him in that spot. DJ's in the same in the same boat. So right now I have Moreno number one. DJ could jump back into number one but beat Adrian Amarias. But then at that point, he's kind of out of options unless, you know. A lot of guys leave the UFC and start fighting over in one championship.
3: What if Francis Francis goes out and beats Tyson Fury in a four-ounce glove steel cage boxing match? Come on. Eh. Hey,
5: when Francis (laughs) knocks out Luke Rockhold, I'm going to move him to number one pound (laughs) for pound. And it's going to be magical.
4: I also I also noticed when Damon's running down like potential wins that John Jones could have, like, oh, if he beats, you know, Cyril and then beats whoever Parker Porter, uh, I noticed uh Jelton Almeida. Oh, he's already beaten Parker Porter. I noticed uh Jelson Almeida's name wasn't in there. I'm just saying there that's uh, that's something uh, to look for. Number one. conversation I
5: think John Jones has a great shot against Jelton Almeida, frankly.
4: I don't think anyone has a great shot against Jelton Almeida. I'm Anyone loving all this jail on, on the planet, you know, I'm loving well, all this jail well, yeah, uh, I don't have a lot to say about this. I just yeah, I I, I like Brandon. Uh, I, I was great. It was great to see him win. I had Figgy number one, I think before. So it was just, yeah, a matter of well, he I had them kind of splitting the one and two spot for a while. I think uh, I don't know if I ever did. I put DJ number. I don't know if I did. I don't think I ever hopped in the DJ number one uh, train. I think I always had them behind. Uh, Figgy or Moreno, because listen, uh, whoever has the UFC belt is the number one person in the world. I think we established that at the top of the show. So, uh, no, you know, no, no discussion for me.
3: Damon, if you looked at this matchup, if the UFC signed Demetrius Johnson tomorrow and just threw him in there against Brandon Moreno, how, how, who are you picking? Who are you favoring in that?
6: Uh, I still favor Demetrius Johnson to beat every flyweight you know in the world. I still think he is the in terms of talent, in terms of skill, he's still the best guy in the world. But again. Even at age 36, like he's getting up there, man. He's sneaky. I still think he's he's there now again, you know, time, time will catch up to everyone eventually. Um, But right now I think Demetrius Johnson is still that dude. He just, again, he's running into a lack of better competition outside the UFC and it will eventually come back to haunt him. But for now, yeah, I still pick him to beat Moreno and I still think he's, you know, talent wise, the number one guy in the world. He just, unfortunately doesn't have his resumes. waning a little bit now because Moreno now has two wins over another top two or three guy on top of all the other wins he has in his career. So yeah, right now it's, it's, it's a close, it's a close race, but I'd still pick Johnson to beat him.
5: I'm really confident in DJ. I would be less confident in DJ versus Figgy because Figgy is bringing like Figgy's bringing that power, which when we saw Adriano Moraes fought great and he has, he has a super weapon but Moreno, super weapon, is conditioning and being really, really smart. And guess what? Uh, DJ is exceptional. Maybe the best that's ever been in both of those categories. Like I, you, ha- If you're going to beat DJ, you have to bring a superpower. And I don't think Moreno's lined up very well. I- I'd feel pretty good about DJ in that fight.
4: I think if Johnson came to the UFC, I just don't think... I think you end up what you have with almost with Moreno and figure where it's like, if you run it back a hundred times, not, no one's going to have a massive advantage in the series. I think if you did a hundred fight series with him and Moreno, it's whatever, whoever you think is going to win. It's like 53, 47, 52, 48. If you do it with figgy, same thing. I think those three just so are pretty far ahead of the pack. I, we do have some great names coming up. We mentioned Pantoja cop guys like that, but right now they're so far ahead of the pack and I find it hard to separate them. So I've just gone for me, I guess the big decider was like the quality of competition, which Damon has touched upon. It's just so, so high in the UFC right now. And, one championships fly rosters it isn't quite there.
3: What a story that would be, though. Can you imagine? I mean, I don't know if people remember, but Brandon Moreno's start in the UFC came on the Ultimate Fighter season where people were competing two-faced Demetrius Johnson for the title. And Brandon Moreno was number 16 in a field of 16. <laughs> if he if, if he was able to be that one, that flyweight who finally beat DJ in a resounding way, not in a Cejudo way, but like in a real way. Oh, my God. I wish we could see it. I really do wish we could see it because I would pick DJ as well, and that's ultimately why I still have him at number one. But I would not feel confident at all. Brandon Moreno has so far exceeded every possible expectation I have. His career has been wild. It's unbelievable, and now working with a guy like Saif Sawad, who I have immense immense respect for. Like he looked monstrous out there on, on Saturday. I yeah, wish we could see that.
5: Do you guys remember his first UFC fight coming off tough when he was like a massive, massive underdog to lose smoker who at the time was like hot shit. And he just taps him. Cause he's the number 16 pick and he got ripped through by pants on the show. And you're like, Oh, this guy sucks. He's just getting a tough contract. Cause that's how tough goes. And then Sm- Smoker was like the number, like 10 dude in the world or something. And he just tapped him. This guy's career has been insane. It doesn't make sense. He was a plus 385 underdog. I just looked it up. The Louie Smolka. And then, like, number 60 on the show. And then ripped off three wins over, like, ranked dudes. It was wild.
3: Again, 2019, he's not even in the UFC. Like, we, we've talked about it at length over the years. But it's just, it's wild how quickly this stuff happens.
0: The NBA playoffs are heating up. And so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down.
2: you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
3: All right, we are back. Three-person party here for these next few topics. Damon had a run. He was scared of my takes.
5: (laughs) He didn't want to be privy to these takes coming up.
4: No, I told, I told him that the next part was going to be talking about whether Demetrius Johnson was a 125 or a 135 or, and he, he immediately ran. <laughs> he, he's like, you know, he was like, Ooh, you know what? I got a thing. He's like, I got, I got, a, I'd he's like, I'd love to have this conversation for the, the ninth time on this show slash like on Slack slash in private slash we've discussed it many, 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 many times in many permutations. And he's like, but I
5: just got to run. I've just got to run. Think about how much of our lives has been taken I up try not to. by that conversation. And, and most
4: of all, <laughs> stupid one championship. Always, always, always ended back at zero. All the times we – we, we, we never have a resolution. We have
5: meetings. To peel back the curtain, we literally have meetings about this to like resolve this very uh-huh. issue that goes nowhere for hours.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, I am proud and impressed of us for not mentioning it as much as we could have in that last yes. segment. Yes. I think we all did a really great job, guys. Well are we're, we're growing up. Good work. <laughs> it's growth. Growth in front of your eyes. Uh, well, let's keep going. We have a couple other rapid fires we're going to throw out here, mainly hitting uh, UFC 283, but also just kind of dancing around. But we've already mentioned him first a bunch of times time on this show. You know I'm loving it and every time we're mentioning it. I feel like this guy's become my new Tony Ferguson, uh, which, by the way, I finally took Tony Ferguson out of the lightweight rankings for you this this cycle, Jed. Yeah, I didn't.
5: I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed. I, I noticed, AK. Didn't, didn't, move, an not, didn't,
4: didn't not move, move an alone. inch. You're not alone. You're not alone. But... Anyone who listened to the airing of grievances, the most heated topic of the airing of grievances, let me tell you something. No change. <laughs> no change. <Look.
1: laughs>
5: You know, it it boggles my mind that Tony Ferguson still has multiple top 10 votes, but that's the world we live in. So, okay, I look forward to you doing the same with Jailton Almeida.
3: Someone outside the top
4: 10, beat him. That's (laughs) all I'm going to say.
3: Beat him. I was I was holding (laughs) on. I had him at 14. I had him at 14 for a long time, but I just had to give up the ghost. I couldn't do it anymore. Uh, Yes. But Jailton Almeida, he is my new Tony Ferguson. He is my new thing. I, I I'm so all in on this guy. I we've said it a bunch on the on the post-fight show and just very various other, various other shows we do here on MMA Fighting. But he took a big leap for us just this month coming off of UFC 283. He jumped from number 13 up to number 9 with his win over Shamil Abdulrahimov. And now I think there's a very interesting sort of situation that we are approaching as it becomes very apparent to a lot of people that this is someone who's going to be in a title conversation for a while like moving forward like this is a real guy we need to start taking him seriously and we need to start figuring out what exactly is going to happen with him he's he wasn't a heavyweight until all of a sudden he just kind of started doing these catchweights and now he just hasn't lost and so he is a heavyweight i argued in my post fight column that i you know i i came into this fight uncertain still as much as as high as i am on him uncertain about his ability to beat the elite heavyweights who are the giants, the Curtis Blades out there, the Francis Agano. Obviously, that doesn't count anymore. But just those type of guys who are pushing 260, 265. How could someone who's 230 beat them in this capacity? And then he comes out and just tosses Shamil. like he was tossing a toddler around around the cage. Like that to me was very impressive. I still have some of those doubts. I still wonder whether a guy like Curtis Blades is the glass ceiling for Jailton. But I those doubts are a lot quieter to me. That proved a lot to me. Over the weekend, where are you seeing Jailton's future? Like, is this a heavyweight? Is this light heavyweight? Is this both? Like, what is going to happen with this man? Because it feels like every, the options are open. He's a heavyweight
4: right now. Uh, I tell you, I did, I did question it. I did say, why is he doing this? I think he was supposed to fight at light heavyweight at UFC 279. Am I not mistaken? Before uh, he, had, oh no, he was supposed to fight. Oh, he was supposed to fight Shamil. That's right, I forgot. So it was a heavyweight fight, and instead he ended up fighting. The Pleasure Man uh, and Kali So, uh, you know, it turned out for the better. But yeah, no, that was a question. Listen, a- as much as I have been picking him up, wins over Danilo Marquez, uh, the illustrious Parker reporter and the pleasure man uh do not make you a top you know top 10 heavyweight i i understand that i understand that and shamil abdurakimov is not a ranked heavyweight anymore he was for a bit he's probably not in his prime he's getting a bit near the end but the size thing was a big factor shaheen as you mentioned it was glaring on weigh-in day shamil abdurakimov coming in 263 pounds healthy heavyweight uh and uh, uh almeida coming in 230 two two thirty 230, uh, 31 thirty one pound difference and you could not tell once they actually stepped into the cage because Almeida picked him up and slammed him within the first minute it was such a statement move will he be able to do that to the curtis blades of the division the uh the ramanov's i don't know i don't know but i could believe it i think we're at the point if he if he picked up uh, blades amazing wrestler if he did that to blades i somehow i'd be impressed i'd be if he did like that to Curtis
3: Blades, I'm calling him the heavyweight goat right but there I on believe- the spot. That's ridiculous.
4: I, I, I'll tell you right now. Uh, so the range we have for Almeida in our rankings was anywhere from 6 to 13. And I bumped him up from where I had him before, but only up to number 9. So I still am outside. that's just outside the best of the best of the best. I, I'm almost regretting. I just didn't put him higher. There's a part, because the people I have ahead of him, uh, directly ahead, uh, Alexander Volkov, Tom Aspinall, I would very confidently, pick Almeida to beat both those guys. Uh, Derek Lewis is there too. I would also Whoa. pick Almeida to beat him.
3: Hold but, on, you would confidently pick him to beat Tom Aspinall,
5: healthy I, Tom Aspinall.
3: I, Cause cause I, th- I just thought Jed like almost. Jump out of I'm, his chair when you I'm said willing
5: that. to say he'd beat him if Tom Aspinall's ACL is still torn. Sure. I I, but am I wouldn't so, confidently pick him if that man this, has working knees. I, I
4: am so impressed by Almeida. This guy, again, this guy captures my imagination. I would love to I've told people he should be on standby for the gone John Jones fight. If 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 that, God forbid, that fight should fall apart. You throw Johnson Almeida in there. And I am not counting him out against either of those guys. I am that impressed. I really think. Whatever division he decides to fight in, heavyweight or light heavyweight, heavyweight at the moment, he's going to be a UFC champion. This he is a force. Uh, I said on Fight Night, uh, I tweeted this: Imagine Damian Maya with wrestling and ground and pound. That is what this guy is. And and I didn't even mention and also like very high level athleticism, Jed. That's a whole other discussion we sort of had also regarding Jamal Hill and a number of other fights we had. But yeah, uh, you add in some some really really uh, high level athleticism, and this guy, I I don't think anyone's going to beat him anytime soon.
5: Okay. Let me be the voice of reason. Okay. Here bring us down. I'm, bring us back. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I am <laughs> stunned that I'm this man. Please. <laughs> you still I have ranked right the highest.
4: You are six. I said six <laughs> hey, to yeah, thirteen. I, I, do I, right, right, I was about right, to, okay. to say,
5: as I get into this, I want it to be note, I have him number six at okay. heavyweight. Uh I stand by it. Feel a lot of that is <laughs> the heavyweight is a top heavy division. <laughs> They're like Five good dudes in it, and then there are some bodies.
4: You do have you have and, below Tommy Aspinall. You were saying you 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 wouldn't yeah, be confident. I, so you do have him below Aspinall.
5: Yeah, I would be pretty confident in Tommy Aspinall from okay. what we've seen to win that fight. Uh But I have him above Tai Tuivasa and Derek Lewis. It wouldn't shock me if either of those men did beat him. But I think that I certainly Derek Lewis. I feel better than Tai Tuivasa, but I have some concerns just with how quickly. Uh, I don't know Sergey Pavlovich, Sergey Pavlovich, but. Sergey Pavlovich couldn't knock out already old um homie that gave me why well, I can't I don't know why it is taking me so long to think of Alistair Overeem's name. And so <laughs> yeah. like I just have some I have questions about where Ty is. He's taking a lot of damage in his career. Whatever. But I have him at six just because in general there are five good heavyweights, and then there's the rest of them. I think Jailton is potentially a sixth good heavyweight, but the hype train on this dude is unbring Bring us back down. Bring us back right down. Talk now. me
3: down. Talk me down. I'm on he, it. I'm willing to hear it. I'm in the, I'm I'm so in the front car. I'm in the front car.
5: He... Maybe he is what everyone hopes that he is, and that would be awesome. But it is... Honestly, it's a little bit like Francis Ngannou's rise, where we actually didn't see shit from Francis by the time he fought Stepe. We saw that he had ungodly power. And that was it. Like he just ethered everybody so quickly that we didn't see depth to his game. And then he fought Frank, fought Stipe the first time. I was like, Oh, actually he doesn't have any depth to his game. His game was exactly what we saw on the page. And that was good enough to be the second best dude in this division. But there was a guy with depth who was durable and had a good game plan. And that's it. And I have very similar vibes with Jailton. We have seen Nothing. We have not seen a breadth of takedowns from it. It is a power double, clean finish, clear the side, go to work. That is a great strategy. At some point, the rubber meets the road. I think that that rubber is where I've cut him off here at heavyweight specifically. The conversation at light heavyweight gets very, very interesting because they are l- – I want to AK believe and I are both
3: nodding our heads so vigorously. I want to
5: believe in my heart that light heavyweight is better than heavyweight because that feels like it should be right. But that division is so bad. And frankly, ain't none of them are good wrestlers. Like Glover Teixeira, God love him. A, a underrated technician, great fighter. A lot of his late career success came from being like a competent wrestler with a great top game. And apparently being impossible to knock out despite his advancing age. Like that's Jailton can do that. Jailton can be, Hey, I'm a competent wrestler with a smothering top game. So that was good enough to get Glover the belt. (laughs) So like that could very well happen a light heavyweight. I do still have some concerns just about see, having him show anything else. Even a single leg entry instead of a double, like something that if somebody can just keep their hips clear on him, okay, I gotta go go to something else. And I think at heavyweight that will manifest itself. Like I don't think Tom he can't do what he has shown to Tommy Aspinall. Now if there's more parts to his game and he can chain wrestle, you know, a failed double goes to a reshot to a snatch single to a knee tap, like oh, uh, uh, sky's the limit, dude. Let's buck up. Curtis Blades the only guy who's gonna beat him. I just need to see more to feel confident in him and ultimately I think what's going to happen with him is he is going to find that level at heavyweight where it, it, he can't pull it off anymore and it probably won't be a nor- like a big part of it being the size but he is a sl- he will be slightly undersized and that will be enough to be like I am ideally sized for this other weight class And Jan Blahovich sucks ass at stopping a power double. So I'm just going to go rinse that dude. And that's, I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to find his level this year sometime. Like he could be Pavlovich, by the way. I have Pavlovich above him based on resume alone. Because if you told me he went and did the same thing he just did to Shamil to Pavlovich, would not shock me in the slightest. So, but he will have to fight Blades. He'll have to fight Aspinall. He'll have to fight Goner non-Ganu, I guess, and or John Jones would be an awful fight for him. And once that yes, happens, yes, he gets would. checked. Yeah, once that happens and he gets checked, uh, unless he is just the best fighter we've ever seen and he just hasn't had to show it yet, uh, which we can't discount, then he'll be like, all right, time to drop down. And it'll be like when Daniel Cormier dropped, when for years we had the same thing. We knew DC was was not a heavyweight. He's a light heavyweight. Like He wrestled at middleweight, and he's a heavyweight. But at some point he's going to drop down. And that was the whole impetus of the John Jones thing was we wanted that fight before it even really became a thing. And then it did happen. It's going to be exactly the same for Jailton, I think. That to
3: me is the biggest question about all of this, even after UFC 283, because I just keep going back to, is it 2007 anymore? Like, is it 2005 anymore? Can a guy Fedor size? Because that's essentially what Jailton is, right? Like, Jailton's yeah. 230, 235. That's what Fedor was. Fedor was out there beating monsters who were 260, 270, 280, whatever.
5: Stipe, is a, is, Stipe was 240-ish or whatever.
3: He was, but I would say he was he was a natural heavyweight. Like, Stipe never, to He's me, natural. occurred.
5: He couldn't have ever made light heavyweight. His build was different, but he wasn't like the heaviest dude. Can someone
3: who is Fedor-sized succeed against today's level of ultra-talented but also ultra-sized heavyweights? Because that's really where the heavyweight elite is right now, right? You look at almost all of the elite heavyweights outside of Stipe, they're pushing 250, 260. That's that's just where the division's meta is right now. And I I, I wrote in my column on Sunday, I, I basically reached the same conclusion as you that I don't think that he can. I I think there is a glass ceiling here somewhere. And I do think it is exactly where you said, whether it's like a Curtis blades type or a John Jones or a Cyril or something like that. And that once Jailson meets that, that will be the the impetus for him to move down to a five. And I think he could probably win that belt pretty quickly. I will say this right now. He has a
5: 0% chance to beat Curtis blades. That Ze- is like
3: a nightmare
4: matchup. 0%. If
5: they fought a hundred times, Blades rinses him one hundred times. Disagree.
4: Disagree. Really? Okay. Disagree. Let me tell you it, something about Josh. Give us the case. This. two big differences between him. Well, one big difference between him and... Uh, well, first of all, number jujitsu? one... Jiu-Jitsu? You know me very well. Number one, <laughs> jujitsu. I knew that was coming. The gentle art. Okay. You know that's coming. Number two... There's a difference between him and Fedor and Stipe. This dude is fucking diesel. Like he is he's gassed to the gills, brother. Let me just say, Looks I, good I, getting I, off I the bus.
5: No, I have no I, I Obviously, obviously, obviously I'm
4: joking. I would never accuse a fighter of PEDs without any sort of evidence. I'm not saying that he is he is uh, gassed up, but he does have the physique of a 1980s uh WWF offer mid-carter. That's all I'm saying. And 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 Jed, again, we haven't touched up we haven't we tend to do our own show but we need to do like a separate show about this is like the, the athleticism question right because athleticism we keep saying it takes you so far now i understand that's not an issue with curse blades curse blades is also a really good athlete so that's a that's a definitely a problem but one i think one of Almeida's strengths and what separates him again from a stipe from a a uh fedor again and i'm not saying those guys are, are slobs but this guy has like jump off the page athleticism like i think he's of that tier uh, I, I don't want to say A plus 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 like the absolute best athletes in MMA, but I think he's just a notch below. And when you combine that with the grappling, when you combine that with like his his just his instincts and and uh, the finishing ability of what I've seen so far, I am so convinced. I, 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 I would give him a chance against anybody in the heavyweight division. I'm that sold. See, on what that's I've seen why so far. I
5: don't though. I think his he is a great athlete, mm-hmm. but like. Depre- depressingly is maybe not the right word. Shockingly, maybe <laughs> the top of the heavyweight division is actually populated by superior it is. athletes. It is now,
1: Cyril
4: gone for sure. Curtis Blades, Cyril Ghan, Pavlovich, and yeah, Ghanu, Pavlovich, I know not there. I'm not athletes. confident Pavlovich
5: is, Pavlovich is. Pavlovich is a plus athlete. I am not confident he is a superior athlete. Mm-hmm. Tom Aspinall is sure looking like he is a superior. He's athlete, He's a plus too, athlete like, as well. Correct. Yeah. Blades is a superior athlete. Like these are dudes that are just like that's why I, like if you told me he's going to light heavyweight tomorrow, I'm saying a thousand percent. He is a future champion. Magomed Ankalaev is the only dude. I think who I could f- have any level of confidence could stand up to what he is bringing to bear right now, seeing no more tools in the box from him just with that. But at heavyweight, there are five dudes. I'm like, maybe he could because maybe he's got depth that we don't know, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on it because they can match his athleticism and they are large yeah <laughs> you know, like it's like it's dope jalen ramsey is a sick athlete i ain't no question but jalen ramsey trying to tackle derrick henry coming down the blocks at you one of those men is bigger than the other it's just how that works
4: if he knew if he knew uh jiu-jitsu though i'd give him a really good chance of him down. Oh, <laughs> uh, but i'll, I'll say that what's fun about this discussion is that like i think we all agree we want to see how far he can go though like you, you want to see him fight Absolutely. Curtis Blades right at yeah, this point you want I'm to see the Blades fight i how, yeah, yeah, how high I would this really love to see him fight Curtis Blades I think he'd be the underdog for sure uh, well then again also oh, people the, the
3: people hate Curtis Blades though so maybe not <laughs> I don't <laughs> but, want to see that fight I don't want to see that fight I don't do. want to see him at heavyweight
5: I, I genuinely want Almeida at light heavyweight right now because I want oh, heavyweight okay. to come later like uh, this has way? been fun because mm-hmm. like it did I just wanted to see him smash some dudes I don't really care what the weight class was now that it's like, okay, there's something here, very clearly the weight class where he can make the most hay will be light heavyweight. I just want to throw him in there and see. No, because if, see. He's all, if he's all that we think and he can win the belt, then when he moves up, it feels more. It feels more monumental and more prestigious and more no. interesting and dynamic to me.
3: No, see, I'm, I, I am so deeply fascinated now. To see how this can play out. Like, I, this is basically a science experiment to me now of just yeah. can someone this size pull this off in 2023? Because the option's still there, right? Like, just to play out your scenario say he meets a Curtis Blades and it's too much. It's just the size is too much. Goes down to 205, wins the belt. Then the return is much bigger. If hmm. he's able to be that guy at 205 for a bit, and then it's like, okay, I conquered this. I want to go back to where we Maybe. started. And now I'm you know, a better version. And I, I'm like, I am all in on whatever that would be. That would be fascinates me. Also, real quick, as we've been talking, I've just been thinking about what's, what's going to happen next with this guy. And I think I have the perfect matchup. Do you want to hear it? Uh,
5: uh, is it? Is it Jamal Hill? No, it's not Jamal <laughs> I'm just saying... Jailton Almeida minus two fifty favorite over Jamal Hill. Uh,
4: uh, yeah, and I'll say I picked like Vol- I picked Volkov for Almeida next. Where did you land, Shaheen?
3: Oh no! See, I want to I want to go complete opposite stylistically. I want to go with the man who whose jujitsu is entirely. I'm just going to kind of stand up, and it's going to work every single time. I want Derek Lewis. Yeah, give me Jailton versus Derek Lewis, who is like two seventy, who has to get to two sixty five, and who can just kind of stand up at any point in time when he wants to. Derek I want to Lewis do has the best
5: jujitsu because it's not what they teach you. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Lewis's jiu-jitsu is I'm incredibly athletic. I, will, that. I will make this <laughs> bold point, claim.
4: I don't make this bold claim right now. He will not just stand up if Jailton LeMana gets him down.
3: Oh, I, will tell you right I think now. that's not oh, true. I, I, think, I, think I think he very much will just he stand will up. Not just stand I think
5: Jailton will get the first takedown. He'll stand up. It'll be if Jailton can keep getting them, which he probably can, but Derek Lewis is... Uh, Man's just gonna stand up. Shamil that's- stood up on that dude, and Shamil is not eventually
4: good. he was he was he took a bit of punishment yeah. before. It wasn't like an easy yeah. stand up.
5: Exactly. Eventually,
3: there's will the pop right on him. Oh, we'll just that's why that's no the slay. fight. Win I'm loser or
4: Win loser draw versus that's feedback doesn't matter. Doesn't matter when those are draw, you don't care?
3: No, yeah, I don't care. No one cares but about I mean, that fight. Period. I'm, I'm down. You, for, you on forgot on that
4: it. fight was happening. Just admit it right now. And, and it's happening. Oh, Is our next 10, that's coming up? If that understand.
3: fight happens at 3 8 3 30 in the morning and no one watches it, did it really happen? Oh god. just Why are they making Derek Lewis fight at like three in the
4: morning? no
5: if he loses to Spivak, <laughs> then why would we watch Jalton? Because Jalton, if Spivak can take it, down the and intrigue you, of the standing up. I don't. They won't because if he loses to Spivak, it's because Spivak took him down and he couldn't stand up. You think Spivak's going to win a boxing match with Derek <laughs> Lewis? No, this is fair. Okay, so, so this I'm, is assuming, I'm actually with you, AK. Right. Assuming if Derek Lewis, Lewis wins, wins. Okay, Derek okay. Lewis is better. If he all loses right. Volkov, I also just want to throw this out since we're talking about him and I haven't had any place to put it. Uh, I think Jailton Almeida is just what we all wanted or hoped Phil Davis would be. And so we're feeling some sense of delayed gratification. I'm like, seeing
4: no comparison between those two. <laughs>
5: uh, they both they both look great getting off the bus uh-huh. and should have been unbelievable grapplers. And one of them has just been a dude, and Jailton has captured our imagination. Phil Davis at was never he no like,
3: tr- was never at, trucking at people. No point. Yeah. Ha- no, in my life Davis have I ever a, been like, oh man, I, I can't wait for Phil Davis. That is no. Not do, a thought when in Phil my Davis mind.
5: was coming to MMA, it was. He was a three-time national yeah, champion. no, no that's, the, legit. that's like, legit. I yes. get it. I get it. Phil was right. what we all wanted Bo Nickel to be. First, I Bo have, Nickel just looks like he's doing the
3: shit. Just to push back against what you're saying, though, I have not <laughs> once in this entire Jilton saga been
5: like, oh, yeah, this is Phil Davis. No, I'm saying like this is what Phil Davis should have been.
4: He's, he's you're, the you're good Phil your own, Davis. You're on your own on this one. I'm not yeah, seeing, on a, I'm seeing okay. a
3: stylistic okay. career comparison. I am not seeing it. <laughs> Speaking of Jed on an island. Okay that's oh, a great yes. transition oh, perfect, what perfect, perfect, that's why they pay us the big bucks you know yeah uh i'm 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 bummed right now that damon's not also here to be able to join us with this because i kind of really wanted to do a big circle point and just like really let's all get a jet on this no. because this was this was just really Come something me, bro um so for the listeners you guys can't see our individual ballots, but you will notice this month that uh, a certain Nurmagomedov at bantamweight, Umar Nurmagomedov.
5: I love that you had, have to say a certain because there are many two. of
3: them. There are yeah, two. You have, you have two on your ballot. Uh, I, Shane. Have on, I have two. You're going double Nurmagomedov the these days. Well, when you can go double Nurmagomedov, you got to go double Nurmagomedov. I I regret nothing. Uh, but yes, Umar made a big jump up the bantamweight ranks this month. Last month he was 13. Now he's number nine. He got a big win over Honey Barcelos. Uh, during this ranking cycle, so it makes sense. It could have been a lot more of a jump, but again, to peel the curtain back a bit, uh, there was a brief moment in time where Mr. Michu here had Marko Novikov as his number one bantamweight in the entire world. Damn straight. Which I just heard Ak almost have a heart attack even hearing that. I didn't we eventually. See that. Well, I I nipped it in the blood behind your back. I uh, nipped it in the bud behind your back because that's just ridiculous. You're not allowed to do that. We're it's, there's, at some point we have to rein Jed back for his own sake, and this was this was the point we Disagree. finally reached the point. Uh, so you know, I'm just going to kind of open the floor to you guys. Can you explain yourself, sir? Uh, but, but Jed, before you go, let me
4: just say, if I had known, if I had been part of this meeting, I would have had your back. I would have what had your
5: did back. You have.
0: Uh, oh, I, I cannot ahead. believe you. Go, first, you, go AK. first. Go first. Go first. Go I first. Cannot I cannot believe you I will just have turned your back on here. me. I will have you back here, live—not <laughs> live, but
4: with people, the, the, with everyone listening to this podcast. I will have your back. So go ahead. Go ahead, Jen.
3: After our jailton moment that we just shared, you turned on me so quickly. I cannot believe it.
5: Did we share a moment? All I'm saying, uh-huh. that just boys, cut I, me deep. Cut me deep. I tried to look through our Slack so I could po- find the message. I'm fairly confident I just told everyone after or did that to how many people, so I was like, that's that's the best band way I'm going to put him there. I couldn't find the the receipts, but I think that
4: was our DMs, and that was you and me. Yeah, I no,
5: I think I th- put it to the group. I distinctly have the DM <laughs> yeah. of you being like. I am 80% sure (laughs) that Umar Medov would fuck up (laughs) out and I'm like, yeah, he would. (laughs) Cause that's it. Like I, I want to be, I'm a trendsetter Shane, you know, I'm, I'm the cutting edge of the rankings debate and this dude is, he's going to have the belt, man. It is, this is not an if it is a win. It is coming they, whoever it was that that said it, they're making Nurmagomedovs with hands now. Oh shit! Watch out, world! And like, because that is such a sick knockout. Look, Honey Barcelos is a damn good fighter. He's mm-hmm. not a ranked he's a damn dude, good fighter. but we're damn talking a top twenty, good. top twenty-five guy. Has been through the ringer with some of the best guys in the division. You know, like he he fought, he beat Saeed Nurmagomedov, who you have ranked. Like this dude can fight. Chris Gutierrez, this dude can fight, and nobody, nobody has done that to him. He got ethered like vintage Leoto Machida knockout style. If you told me that they were making Nurmagomedovs who struck like Leoto, it's ball game, kids. <laughs> we're done here. Well, fighting has been solved. Pack it up. Nobody who's not in Dagestan can fight anymore because it's just a waste of your time. Ask what's up right now. Umar, he, he, for years, for years, they have told us he's the best one for years, for years. Habib told us Islam's coming for years. He said that and then get damn, damn straight. He's coming. He came and now he is, he is here. And for all those years, they have said, Umar is actually the best dude in this room. Habib is the best, but skill, talent, ability. Umar has the most of it. He is the best. And uh, I'm not going to call them a liar anymore because betting against Javi Mendez and, and the Nurmagomedovs and Eagle MMA, that is, that is a fool's errand. And I am not, I am no man's fool. Shaheen Alshadi, he is going to be the Bantamweight champion. It might not be this year because the timeline is tough though. I think he still could get there. Uh, Probably not. Bantamweight has too many guys. He's, it it would require a, it would require a Jamal Hill sort of situation, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but his next fight is going to be a top 10 dude. And the fight after that should be a top five dude. If you can find someone who will sign on the line for him, because ain't nobody trying to fight that dude. Cause why the hell would you like he's, it may take him until the end of next year to get the belt because it, it is going to be a slog, but he, he, I got, I love Cheeto Vera, one of my favorite fighters going. Umar boxes that man up. And I had to feel real good about Umar just just taking him to school. Sean O'Malley, come, come, what, look me in the face and tell me if you if they booked O'Malley Umar tomorrow, that he that Umar wouldn't be a minus 300 favorite and you wouldn't all Fire. slam money on that dude. Fire. Yeah. Like, he is going to bag him up. There are some more, like, Piotr Jan would be a fun fight. I'd still, I I feel like Umar is going to win that one. But Adrian Yanez is is also on the come up. But you talking, did, he's just the next guy. And I am I may be early, but I am not wrong, is all I'm going to say.
4: Uh, I say this as someone who has been, who has had Aljamain Sterling as, like, very strongly feel about him being the number one pantomweight since the first yawn fight, even that ended in controversy.
5: I had him with you. I was right there with you the whole time. You and me, You and me were yeah. the only and, ones and, holding and, strong and, for a while on and that and Not, not just based
4: on that fight, but like he has—he has. He has Aljamain has a really, really strong resume. One thirty-five, incredibly strong resume. One thirty-five. I think I only briefly put Jan at number one after he won the San Hagen interim title belt because it, it just didn't feel fair to like not let Jan have that spot because Sterling was out and you know and just have to wait until they could finally get back in the cage again. Then Sterling beat him uh, in a close fight, and obviously he's been number one ever since. So I have been like Sterling is clearly number one at worst, number two best phantom Way in the world no caveats i don't care about all the controversy around his fights um but umar would be favored if they were matched up within the next like six months umar would be favored both because people don't have a lot of faith in sterling as you know i'm going some of the screwy results of his fights and also umar has got the the most powerful name in mma uh
3: at the end there would probably not be favored i'm just gonna say that right i think now. he will be. Fa- he would be favored.
5: So I th- I'm I'm someone I think that he might open as a favorite, uh, I think that that gets is a pickem. I think everything you said is true. His name and the general disdain for Sterling. I do. Sterling was the guy when I when I had Nurbegimetov ranked number one. Sterling was the one dude I was like, not a hundred percent sure that this is right. Uh, but then I was going to do it for the bit because like moving him up from 12 to two doesn't feel as impactful as like that's the next dude. I'm staking my flag right here. And then Shaheen, Shaheen had a, had a talking to <laughs> <He was> like <laughs> it was really a I'm looking at your rankings right now. Are you really doing this? Like, yeah, it's like I don't might have to might not let you do that. I was like, fine, I'll move him to two. So Umar's he's, resume, too, he's one in my heart is all I'm saying.
4: His resume is really strong too. Like I, like, I don't think people realize how good I his can't. resume Dude, is. Sergey
5: Morozov, I, <laughs> of Brian I Keller and can this. fight. Sergey Brian Morozov Keller was, can fight his ass
4: off. Sergey Morozov, like if he hadn't fought uh, I know he hasn't like dominated the UFC but if he hadn't fought Umar in his first fight he'd be on a, he'd have like a really nice run right now he, he's, he's he has a winning record in the UFC it's not like even at surface level but if you've seen Sergey fight before the UFC and then you saw their matches up you're like oh this is some high level shit and if you go back and watch that fight, it actually was like pretty decent in the first round. Yeah. And Umar's is better. Umar again, like we're saying here, might be the best 135er in the world. Um, and he had, and if you look at the resume before that, a lot of solid names, not household names, not like superstars, but he was beating quality competition before the UFC, and now dominating guys in the UFC again. Good names: Brian Kelleher, Nate Maness is a good fighter, um, and now Harney Bracio. So his resume is like sneaky, very, very strong. And I, I, I have him at number eight. I would, I again, I much like uh gelatin I almost regret, like maybe I should just just throw him up there higher because uh I do. That with your think vibes will be the champion soon. Like he is. Go that with your feels,
5: good. AK. Go yeah. with your feels.
4: I should have, Jed. I should. I should have followed you. I'm going to corrupt this. I'm going to all of you. To I
3: cannot it. believe what I'm just listening to. Oh my god, AK, from you. I uh-huh. see. I, I expect this from Jed. Uh huh. <laughs> i don't expect this from you i i am genuinely disappointed to hear this coming from you mr rules rule mr Uh respect the process mr i'm gonna keep jorge masvidal and kelvin gastelum and conor mcgregor in my rankings until the end of time for some reason you have tony ferguson in your top 10 right now because that's Uh the process right you have to beat the guy to be able to get the ranking you're 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 validating this you're validating putting I, Umar I, Nurmagomedov, I, whose best win is Honey Barcelos, who is not ranked in our ranking system as okay. the, the number one bantamweight.
5: Did you, did our, you watch that win? Go look at that win again, because it was oh, No, no, sick. no. no. Hold, me, on, hold, on. Me, hold on. I'm talking we're directly talking about, to AK. Okay, because- okay listen.
4: <laughs> we were talking about resumes earlier. The names I just read off, Morozov, Kelleher, Manis, and Barcelos. Bantamweight is so deep. That's as good as like any, that's like right up there with whoever.
3: Is it as like, Jam- good as Jamal.
4: It, it is not. And I don't know. Uh, Personally, uh, okay, I don't so, know. What are we look, talking about? Look, Personally, it's I don't not, have it's him. It's not
5: as good. Sneakily, Pyotrion's resume. Uh, no, is I'm saying not having that name struggles. on your resume. Oh, but,
3: ooh, well, like Sterling, like Aljamain Sterling does, the champion division, the number one or guy. technically,
5: Sean O'Malley.
3: I'm just saying, AK, is there not something to be said for respecting the process? Even if you think Umar is the number one guy in the world right now, he has not even come close to proving that. Shaheen, I have I have questioned Jed
4: before and uh, some of his decisions. And I'm not saying I'm not going back on these criticisms. I reserve the right to criticize Jed Mashu as much as I want. And and uh, good <laughs> <laughs> But listen, he was ahead of the game with some of these things like Islam. No. For a longest time, and this, and, this, and this upset me i have i have i have rallied against this it upset me he never gave charles Oliver his flowers except for like maybe a few months that was it. i think he had charles number one for like a few months no no he didn't not even i literally he never, he never had he, never he literally just
3: pivoted from dustin to gaichi to, yes. to islam like that yep. was and
4: it. umar does not have the resume, resume of islam but i i am with him on the if if they like he's good enough to be number one, he the, the resume should matter. This is unbelievable. This is but unbelievable. no again again. This is listen. We don't him and I don't agree one hundred percent. But by my metric, again, I don't put as much weight in. You know, will this guy beat this guy? This guy, this guy, this guy. That is not the deciding factor for me. But it is consistent with how he does his rankings. If anything, Shaheen, I, I hate to say it, I would be the one who is disappointed if Jed did not put him higher because that would Just go it did not because that would go against how he has done his rankings. So I'm not. I don't agree. But he is consistent. This is consistent with how he has ranked for a long time.
3: Being consistently I, ridiculous does not vindicate the ridiculousness. It's still system. consistent. It's still it's, consistent. Look,
5: we're talking here about consistency. We were just talking about how AK intentionally bottomed out Jamal Hill for feels. Like consistency is key, Shaheen. I And I am nothing if not a beacon of consistency. I will never... Give Leon Edwards his flowers ever. A Walter Wade. Oh my
4: God. Oh yeah, you have Hamzat number one. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I way, did... may, ne- may never fight it waterwait again. We don't know.
5: For for the listeners, I did when when Shaheen was giving me a talking to offer to move Leon to number one if I could keep number <laughs> two. You, you were bargaining. You were bargaining. I tried to horse trade. He he did not accept it. Oh, my
3: God. AK, AK, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed. You should be proud That's of all. Jed.
4: You should be proud of Jed for standing You're by fun. his beliefs. That is
5: the farthest thing from what, I, what, <laughs> what I'm just doing come, right now. Come talk to me in 2024 when this man is undefeated bantamweight champion of the world. And you're all just going to have to win. Then that it. will be the appropriate
3: time to put him there. That's all I'm saying. He'll be two, he'll uh, be two-division well, champion by then. Don't worry
5: about all that. All I'm saying yeah. is if we're Game of Thrones, picking a champion to fight for my life, I feel real good with mine. Good luck with Joe. Hope you have fun. Just wait if, till like, Henry Cejudo beats yeah. this guy
3: in like two minutes or something. Oh, well, that's
5: a, Cejudo oh. isn't ranked because Cejudo would in fact... I would have him number 1 if like I was ranking him cuz I think he's going to beat Aljo oh. uh, assuming he still has anything remotely what he had at the peak. Uh, I would I would feel comfortable having him as the top anime in the world, but he hasn't <laughs> fought in forever and so until I see it, I don't believe he's fighting. So, all right.
3: We anyway, we need to get out of here. That's all we have for for us today on the ranking show. I need to, I need to end this show before I throw my computer against the wall. God, Damon, I needed you, Damon. I needed you come back, Damon. Uh, Thank you, AK. Love you, Jed. Don't love you guys right Friends now. Anyway, forever. that's the ranking show. We appreciate you guys as always for tuning in. Uh, we got a short cycle coming up for this next one. We only have a couple of weeks before UFC 284. That's gonna be a fun one. Our two top pound-for-pound fighters in the world colliding, Islam Makhachev and Alexander Volkanovsky for the right for number one. Cannot wait for that. In the meantime, keep it locked to the MMA Fighting Podcast Network. We'll lots of good stuff coming for you over these next coming weeks. Retirement of Fedor, that's going to be fun. I think we might have a little something special for that, too. In the meantime.
5: I want you guys to you know if something? Fedor wins, he will be my number one heavyweight, and you can't stop me.
3: I, I, not only will I not stop you, I will fully support it. I am I'm on board with it. <laughs> uh, hey, that was the ranking show for Jed Michoud, for Damon Martin, for Alexander Kaylee. My name is Sean Oshadi. We appreciate you guys. As always, keep it locked to MMA fighting, and we'll talk to you soon. Love you guys.